0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Keep you close to the Lord. Don't pay heed to temptation, for his hands are so cold. You gotta help me keep the devil way down in the hole. Down. Keep yeah. the devil You gotta
2: help me keep the devil Down
1: in the hole Way down in the
2: hole mm-hmm. Welcome to another hour of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report With me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones Today's date is October 15, 2018 The woman in the Senate, the whitest woman in America, claims to have, oh wait, she claims to be the first woman of color, those are her exact words, the first woman of color to teach at Harvard University. Now, yes, at a rally in Great Falls, Montana, President Donald Trump threw down the gauntlet. He threw it down to the feet of Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. And he pledged that in exchange, one million dollars, in exchange for proof of the aboriginal heritage she claimed to get special standing at harvard because if you're not up to date elizabeth warren claimed that she her native american her native american heritage allowed for her to apply to harvard where she was admitted and received her degree she stated that because she is of Native American heritage, that she received special privilege and she was allowed to apply and attend Harvard University. Okay. So, Donald Trump pledged $1 million in exchange for proof of the heritage she claimed to get special standing at Harvard Trump even offered to do the cheek swab himself for one of those online DNA tests so (laughs) now she is a potential Democrat presidential candidate for 2020 let's just throw that out there The Massachusetts Democrat is Indian in the sense of checking the Are You Native American box on the Association of American Law School form, which Elizabeth Warren did for much of her adult life. Now, according to her, she's part Cherokee and part Delaware. Not in the Joe Biden sense, I hasten to, to to add, but Delaware in the sense of the Indian tribe named in honor of the home state of Joe Biden. Now, how does she know she's a Cherokee mate? Huh. Well, she cites her grandfather's high cheekbones now well, those are her exact words she cites her let, let me say that again she cites her grandfather's high cheekbones and says the Indian stuff is part of her family lore which was evidently good enough for Harvard lore school <laughs> law school when they were looking to rack up a few affirmative action credits the former Obama special advisor to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and chairperson of the con- Congressional Oversight Panel now says that, and this is a direct quote, I've got to take this, this robe off, it's getting hot in here. Whew. Okay, so Elizabeth Warren stated that, and I quote, I listed myself in the directory in the hopes that it might mean that I would be invited to a luncheon, a group, something that might happen with people who are like I am, end quote. Can you believe that? Let's let that sink in for a moment. Like everyone else, she was shocked shocked mind you to discover that as the Boston Herald reported Harvard Law School officially listed Warren as Native American in the 90s when the school was under fierce fire for their faculty's lack of diversity yeah she was shocked that she was listed as Native American the whitest woman on God's green earth flat-ass and all, buck-teeth, beady-eyed, blue-eyed, blonde-haired white woman, there's nothing wrong with that, but she claims Native American heritage because her grandfather had high cheekbones. And so, the same institution at which young barack was the first african-american president of the harvard law review who never wrote a law review paper and that is a prerequisite in order to be the president of the law review somehow he he got away with that one probably simply because he's black Harvard needed some black folks they needed some Native Americans so they got a faux black man and they got a faux Indian okay (laughs) the Fordham Law Review reported Harvard Law School hired its first woman of color Elizabeth Warren in 1995. To the casual observer, though, Mrs. Warren, now the Democrat Senate candidate, might seem 100% woman of non-color. She walks like a white, quacks like a white, looks like a white, looks whiter than white. She's the whitest woman since Frosty the Snowman. But she self-identified as Cherokee, so to me, that makes her a woman of color. Why, back in 1984, she submitted some of her favorite dishes. Yes, back in 1984, she submitted some of her favorite dishes to the Pow Wow Chow Cookbook. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. A compilation of recipes passed down through the five tribe families. The recipes sent in by Elizabeth Warren, Cherokee, include a crab dish with tomato mayonnaise. Ugh Does that sound appetizing to you? Mrs. Warren's fictional Cherokee ancestors in Oklahoma were renowned for their ability to spear the fast-moving Oklahoma crab. Uh, Yeah, Oklahoma doesn't have any crabs. Why wasn't this woman found out sooner? But then the white man came and now the Oklahoma crab is extinct because the Oklahoma crab was like the blue crab we had in the Chesapeake, Right? Oklahoma doesn't have any crab, honey. How are you making a Cherokee crab dish? It doesn't even sound right, does it? Oh. Look, folks. That's not all. Elizabeth Warren is claiming to be Native American, and she... revealed... The results of a DNA test that suggest that she is less Native American than your average white person, period. In fact, the test results are one in one thousand zero. Two, 4 range. Yeah, let me repeat that. The test results reveal that Elizabeth Warren's Native American heritage is 1.1024, which means that she has less than 1% Native American heritage. Less than 1% of a percent. Do you hear me? One, less than 1% of a percent times 2.4. One more time. 1 point 1 1 1.024%. So that's less than a whole percentage point. While some of us can claim 50 to 60% Puerto Rican heritage, as I do, and so I can call myself a Puerto Rican if I want to. But if I had less than a one whole percent of Hispanic blood... And I went around calling myself a a Puerto Rican. Well, I don't think that would work out too well. So, Elizabeth Warren, who we know is gearing up for a potential 2020 presidential bid. She's already in her 70s, though has released a DNA test that suggests that she has a distant Native American ancestor, part of an extraordinary effort to discredit President Trump and others who have questioned her claims about her heritage. That's what we're talking about here. But why now? Why bring this up in just a couple of weeks before the midterm elections? She's making an ass out of herself and any Democrats who are out there who are trying to run their race and win their election. She is making a mockery of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. And frankly, I love it. She has come out. She has come out and stolen the spotlight from other Democrats. And frankly, it's really embarrassing. Because why does she even give a damn what other people think her heritage is or isn't? But why make the claim? Something about her papaw saying that he remembers wearing a headdress and all kinds of weirdness. The woman is clearly white. You know what? I think maybe Donald John Trump has more (laughs) Native American heritage than this woman. And wouldn't it be funny if the Donald took a DNA test and he turned out to be more Native American than she claimed to be. Warren's gotcha is hardly the slam dunk she claims. The genetic finding she cites makes her at most 1.32% Native American. And it could easily be as little as one512 Native American. Now, since Warren's original claim of Native American heritage was that her great-great-great-grandmother, Sarah... You hear me? Her great-great-great-grandmother, Sarah, was part Native American. That raises the likelihood that she's in the one point one zero two four for a range. Uh pretty much nothing because this is almost exactly the same as the average white American's composition of Native American ancestry so if she's Native American then every white person is Native American can claim Native American status even Donald John Trump let me say that once more this is almost exactly the same as the average white American's composition of Native, Native American ancestry. You white folks out there who listen to this show, you're probably just as much, if not more, Native American than Elizabeth Warren. Go run to Harvard and put in your application. Yeah. Talk about craziness. It's getting crazy up in this piece. We'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. People
3: come to internet radio for any number of reasons. Among the reasons are perhaps they're tired of the pasteurized, homogenized news that they get from their TV.
1: Or some may want their talk radio a little more
3: raw. Well, that's what you get with internet talk radio real people with real opinions that give you real conversation. It's not just daddy's talk radio. And it's for people who stay informed and a great way to share ideas and debate issues. Or oh, let's just say that Internet Talk Radio hosts don't sit in front of the makeup mirror before they go on the air. Internet Talk Radio is a fast-growing new media that allows folks to get around the dinosaur media. We Are America United this is a network of patriotic radio hosts bringing you honest discussion and discourse that will keep you riveted all day check out
4: radio.waaumedia.com
0: Joining us now to set the record straight is presidential historian, author of the fabulous book, so many of them, Reagan Rising and Citizen Newt, Craig Shirley, along with Elizabeth Warren's conservative challengers, now an independent self-described real Indian, uh, and he's an MIT scientist, Shiva Ayodhuri, both, both, uh, both of you, it's great to have you on, Craig, got to start with you, Andrew Jackson, okay, the, it's his, one of the paintings up in the Oval Office. Yeah, sure. I've been in the Oval Office, one of my favorite paintings, a right. beautiful painting set the
5: record straight here. Reagan also hung Andrew Jackson in the Oval Office.
0: Another racist.
5: Yeah, exactly. Every president of the 19th century prosecuted the war against the American Indians. L- Abraham Lincoln, who one of the co-hosts on NBC cited as being an example for uh, Trump, also prosecuted there were massacres in, in minnesota there were massacres in colorado there was a forced relocation there were hangings of indians so abraham lincoln also and, by, and and even into the 20th century uh you know phil sheridan who'd been general of the union army coined the phrase went out to uh, go after indians in the west and he coined the phrase the only good indian is a dead indian Teddy Roosevelt said he agreed with that statement, but he might uh, cut out one out of 10 Indians and, uh, and give them uh, some consideration. So
0: your point is, this, point is this, this, none this, of this criticism, they do it to Robert E. Lee, it's, right. it's, it's, a, it's a whitewashing This of is what's
5: known as presentism. This is the fallacy presentism. of- Presentism. Yes, the fallacy of imposing current mores and values on the acts and people of the past. It's arrogant and it's stupid and it's ignorant. And it, it proves no point other than the arrogance of the present uh, people making the show. But you
0: see this D.L. Hewley entertainer come on, and they said tons of Indians are killed. Now we're measuring them in weight. I mean, tons <laughs> of Indians killed. It's, it's, it, but this is the level of ignorance yes. on, on some of these other cable outlets that it, hold themselves out as high and mighty, by the way.
5: David McCullough said we are now into our third generation of historically ignorant Americans, and this gentleman proves it.
0: Uh, Shiva, I've got to go to You? You? <laughs> You actually sent Elizabeth Warren something for her birthday. Now you're running against her as an independent, and you call yourself what, Shiva, the real Indian in the race? Because you yeah, are I'm a real, yeah. I, we've been saying,
3: Laura, that only a real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. And that uh, point that we're making, it, it hits at a very, very deep level. And it makes everyone chuckle, you know? And the reason it makes people chuckle, because we're bringing out a very, very apparent truth that the liberal white elites, the white liberals don't want to discuss, and that's the following. If you look at what Elizabeth Warren has actually done, she shoplifted someone's identity. And then when it's exposed, as President Trump did accurately, they yeah. throw tantrums and call people racist. In fact I was called a racist
0: for exposing her and sending her the DNA <laughs> test kit. But yeah, this okay. is <laughs> uh-huh. the wait, wait. Hypocrisy. wait, 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 wait. We've got to remind her okay, first of all, you're like a triple PhD bio- bio- biological biological the sciences of MIT. I have, you know. I have four
3: degrees from MIT. Yeah, okay, and, and my all. PhD that's in biological
0: all. engineering. Okay, that's yeah. all. Uh, so you're really smart. Um, so, you, so you sent her a DNA test kit, which she refused to, uh, she didn't acknowledge, she didn't send a thank you note, I understand. She didn't do that. Maybe the instruction Yeah, I was very Sue. disappointed. Oh, there uh, the, were the Sioux language. Yeah, right. Well, let me <laughs> just get the code talkers in it. But, <laughs> but Shiva, I want to play for you. Now, Elizabeth Warren takes issue right. with your. Okay. Against her I think Indian you guys heritage, get the point right? American heritage. So let's just review what she Elizabeth said. Warren claiming
2: Native American his heritage. And it is true that her claim and what she revealed today to be the percentage of her Native American heritage equals that of your average white person. So let's make sure we wrap this up real nice, like and put a nice red bow on it. The average white American is point is zero point eighteen percent Native American, according to Sam Morningstar, who has an authoritative looking piece about how Native American ancestry works in the U.S., and the fact that it's, frankly, among whites, quite rare. The 0.18% average, he notes, is easily misleading, given that most white Americans have utterly no Native American ancestry in them. A small number have much more. Elizabeth Warren is not one of them, based on her own revelation, the revelation that she has 0.1 1.1024 <laughs> I mean it's, it's not it, I, but here's the worst part folks here's the worst part right here and this is what makes this all the more embarrassing for Elizabeth right now. The Cherokee Nation. Responded. To the results. Of Senator Elizabeth Warren's DNA test today. And they argued that. A DNA test is useless. To determine tribal citizenship. i tell you what. We're going to take another short break and we'll come right back.
6: Political correctness is America's newest form of intolerance, and it's especially pernicious because it comes disguised as tolerance.
4: Political correctness is avoiding words or behaviors that exclude, marginalize, or insult groups of people who are socially disadvantaged
0: or discriminated against. Basically, treating people with respect.
6: It presents itself as fairness, yet attempts to restrict and control people's language with strict codes and rigid rules. I'm not sure that's the way to fight discrimination. I'm not sure silencing people or forcing them to alter their speech is the best method for solving problems that go much deeper than speech. Perhaps you've noticed that when the politically correct liberal rulemakers decide to rename a group of humans they view as victims, they begin by imparting a sense of shame to the group's existing name. And so somewhere over the years, the word cripple has been discarded. No one mentions cripples anymore. That's because in yet another stunning attempt to stand reality on its head. Cripples have been assigned a new designation. The physically challenged. The use of physically challenged is an obvious attempt to make people feel better. The idea being, as long as we can't cure these people, let's give their condition a more positive name and maybe it'll distract everyone. The same is true of the ungainly phrase differently abled. I believe that if a person is going to insist on using tortured language, such as differently abled, then he should be forced to use it to describe everyone. You can do things I can't do. I can do things you can't do. We're all differently abled. It should be explained to liberals, patiently, that crippled people don't require some heroic designation. It's a perfectly honorable condition. It appears in the Bible. Jesus healed the cripples. He didn't engage in rehabilitative strategies to improve the conditions of the physically disadvantaged. Can't these liberals hear how unattractive this language is? How poorly it sits on the ear? Then there are those who don't quite measure up to society's accepted standards of physical attractiveness. The worst of that group are called ugly, or at least they used to be. The PC lingo cops have been working on this too. And to demonstrate how far all this politically correct, evasive language has gone? Some psychologists are actually now referring to ugly people as those with severe appearance deficits. Okay? Severe appearance deficits. Regarding people's appearance, the political language police already have in place one comically distorted term, lookism. They say that when you judge a person, or rather size them up, wouldn't want to judge someone, that would be judgmental. If you take their looks into account, you're guilty of lookism. You're a lookist. And those valiant people who fight lookism, many of them unattractive themselves, tell us that one problem is that in our society, those who get to be called beautiful and those who are called ugly are determined by standards arbitrarily set by us. Somehow there's some fault attached to the idea that we, the people, are the ones who set the standards of beauty. Well, we're the ones who have to look at one another. So why shouldn't we be the ones who set the standards? I would say the whole thing was stupid, but that's my next topic. So, it's important to face one thing about stupidity. We can't get away from it. It's all around us. It doesn't take a team of professional investigators to discover that there are stupid people in the world. This one. <laughs> But where do these stupid people come from? Well, they come from American schools. But while they're attending these schools, they never identified as stupid, which may be contributing to the problem. Unfortunately, kids, stupid or otherwise, come under a sort of protective umbrella we've established that prevents them from being exposed to the real world until at 18 their parents spring them on the rest of us. Full grown. There are stupid kids, and I do wish to be careful how I negotiate the minefield of the learning disabled and the developmentally disadvantaged, in other words, those with special needs. All of these being more examples of this tiresome and ridiculous language. One of the terms now used to describe these stupid kids is minimally exceptional. Can you handle that? Minimally exceptional. What happened to the old reliable explanation? The boy is slow. Some of the other children are quick they think quickly. Not this boy. He's slow. It seems humane enough to me. But no, he's minimally exceptional. Political correctness cripples discourse, creates ugly language, and is generally stupid. This language renders completely useless at least one perfectly good expression. In the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king becomes, in the kingdom of the visually impaired, the partially sighted person is fully empowered. Sad, isn't it?
2: Welcome back to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I had to put that on because we had some ruckus going on in the background. Some craziness happening. And I had to make sure I had to to sort it out. Uh, And it's been sorted out. So now let's get back to the rest of the show. The Cherokee Nation responded to the results of Massachusetts Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren's DNA test on Monday. And they argued that a DNA test is useless to determine tribal citizenship. Now, this response came after Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren revealed that based on test, she has a Native American ancestry, in the range of six to ten generations ago. You hear me? Six to ten generations ago. Current DNA tests do not even distinguish whether a person's ancestry were indigenous to North or South America. Cherokee Nation Secretary of State Chuck Hoskin Jr. said in a press release issued today, Wow, how embarrassing. Sovereign tribal nations set their own legal requirements for citizenship. And while DNA tests can be used to determine lineage such, a, such as paternity to an individual, it's not evidence of tribal affiliation. Hoskins continued and said that Using a DNA test to lay claim to any connection To the Cherokee Nation or any tribal nation Even vaguely is inappropriate and wrong It makes a mockery out of DNA tests And its legitimate uses While also dishonoring Legitimate tribal governments and their citizens Who, who mind you whose ancestors are well documented and whose heritage is proven senator warren is undermining tribal interest with her continued claims of tribal heritage they write wow wow warren took the rare step of sharing DNA test results examining her long-challenged Native American bloodline earlier Monday. According to the analysis, as first reported by the Boston Globe, the vast majority of Warren's family tree is European, and there is strong evidence she has Native American ancestry, albeit anywhere from 164 to one. Point one zero two four. wow and if you google all of this newspapers and talk shows and CNN and MSNBC are all saying that Elizabeth Warren has been vindicated and that she has just put it to Donald Trump and that he should pay up because she has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, beyond all doubt, that she is Native American. and That she has strong proof of her Native American heritage. Now, Warren, who is mulling a 2020 presidential run, repeatedly has been mocked by Donald Trump, my man and yours, for claiming Native American heritage. The president has called her Pocahontas while criticizing her on the campaign trail quite a while back. So I guess Elizabeth's trying to get this out of the way. She's trying to put this to rest, and what she has just done is pour a lot of fuel on the fire. Clearly, Lily White, flat ass flat-chested, buck-toothed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, skinny as a scarecrow Lauren, no ass, none, mind you, has stated that she is Native American. Now, let's just match her up right here and now in our heads with, I don't know, Nikki Haley, Let's put the two side by side. Nikki Haley is Native American for shizzle, for show. Put the two together. So, clearly, 70-something-year-old Elizabeth Warren, who wants to run for president in two years... He's trying to set this aside. And it's not going to work. Okay. So, in other news, Paul Allen is gone. Co-founder of Microsoft. He checked out. Um, Hodgkin's lymphoma, I believe. He's gone. And Alec Baldwin is talking about overthrowing the government. Wow. Overthrowing the government of the United States because Donald Trump is president. He I mean he was serious about it. How crazy is that? <sighs> the world has gone mad. Clearly clearly I don't know what else to say I have no idea now we have elections coming up in less than three weeks or about three weeks less than three weeks and Candace Owens a good friend of mine has written a piece that states that Democrats aren't the party of women. They're the party of exploiting them for political gain. And she goes on to write that the despicable treatment now Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh has received is... at his hearing, proves conclusively that that the Democrat Party is not the party of women. It's the party of exploiting women for political gain. In their eagerness to pander to women by saying absolutely anything that might win their votes, Democrats were even willing to throw out a centuries-old concept that is the foundation of our legal system, the presumption that we're all innocent until proven guilty. But listen, let me ask you this. We've got about 18 minutes left. what do you think when I mean and we've talked about this in in other in other other broadcast and folks in the chat room have really gone off about it because we've we've gotten into a situation or, 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 or a culture rather where if you don't believe a woman's claim then somehow you're at fault you're guilty of miscegenation, you're guilty of being a woman hater. As if women don't lie, they don't cheat, and they don't steal. So if a woman claims that something's happened, she is automatically to be believed, especially with regard to sexual assault. Why? Why is that? Remember those Duke lacrosse players that we all thought were guilty? Even I did. And one of the reasons that it was assumed that they were guilty was because, one, they were white. One, they were assumed to be privileged. And they were assumed to be privileged because they played lacrosse, which is a rich white person's elitist game. Now, never mind that the blackest man on God's green earth still living is Jim Brown, who was a star lacrosse player at Syracuse before becoming the NFL legend that he was and still is. Never mind that he played lacrosse, blacker than the Ace of Spades, And the blackest man on God's green earth, blacker than Wesley Snipes, blacker than Mr. T, black. But they were assumed to be guilty because a woman, black woman, said that they had raped her, that she was sexually assaulted. As it turns out, it was completely false. And it took a long time for those young men to be vindicated. And their reputation still had not recovered as far as I know. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. But somehow we're in the age of the Me Too movement. Kind of like the Me Too movement that went on in the 80s when Oprah revealed... That she had been sexually assaulted by her uncle or cousin or something. And then suddenly, Roseanne came out, who had a hit show at that time, and stated that she'd been sexually assaulted by a relative. And then several other women who were out there in the public eye came out and said that somebody sexually assaulted them. Their their daddy or their mama or their cousin or the dog. Somebody sexually assaulted. Molested them too. And so we had a Me Too movement back in the 80s. And now I guess we have another Me Too movement now, especially after Bill Cosby's uh, situation, where dozens of women came out and claimed that they were sexually assaulted by him. And it was proven that at least three or four of those women had made up stories. And that doesn't, now that doesn't assuage his guilt. We're not saying that he's innocent. We're not saying that he didn't drug and have unwanted dalliances with women who didn't want to be dallianced. No, but some of those women just kind of latched on. And that was proven. But now in the age that if you don't believe a woman, then you're One of them. Now that's sad. Now Democrats insisted that women accusing Kavanaugh of sexual sexual misconduct should automatically be believed with absolutely zero evidence to back up their claims. None. And that Kavanaugh bears the burden of disproving these allegations. Now... Senator Chris Coons, Democrat of Delaware, said that. And he is a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And he should know better. Why is the person being accused responsible for proving that they didn't do it? That's not how things work around here. Not here in the United States of America. But somehow, jurisprudence and... Hundreds of years of tradition, both here and, well, the Magna Carta, which is what we take most of our jurisprudence from, has been turned on its head for political gain. Because you just can't say that a woman should be believed with no evidence to back up what she's stating and the guy is guilty and he has to prove that he's not guilty because you just can't pick and choose those things you're either presumed innocent under all circumstances until proven guilty or you're guilty until you can prove your innocence and is that how it works? really? And Chuck Schumer stated, quote, there's no presumption of innocence, end quote. He actually said that. Now that is truly a scary statement. That sounds like it could have been made at the Salem Witch Trials in the 1690s when absurd accusations of witchcraft primarily made by teenage girls, resulted in the conviction and hanging of 14 women and 5 men, plus the deaths of 5 people in jail. The statement of no presumption of innocence could also apply to the anti-communist crusade waged by Senator Joe McCarthy, Republican of Wisconsin, in the 1950s when he accused hundreds of federal employees of being communist without evidence. Think about that for a moment. The presumption of innocence is gone. Because precedence has been set. Any woman can claim, you men out there, beware. You can go out on a date tonight, or Friday night, or Saturday night, or Sunday night, and just assume. And that she's going to say yes. And then, and then make your move. Oops. You misjudged. She was not going to say yes. She was going to say no. But you laid your hand on that breast. Oops. That sexual assault. She can say that you touched her and she told you to stop and you refused. Uh Uh-huh, you can kiss your ass goodbye. Any one of us, me, you, any one of you men out there, we're all screwed. And I don't mean in a good way. We have to be very careful We must be very, very careful About how we conduct ourselves With members of the opposite sex Don't say Wow, you sure look pretty today Oh, what do you mean I look pretty? Why are you objectifying me? Why are you sexualizing me? Don't objectify me I'm a human being, not a state Not a porterhouse I prefer primary of myself. But nevertheless, we've got to be very careful because at any time, day or night, we can be accused of sexual assault simply by touching a woman where we think she wants to be touched. But all she has to whisper is, No. No. Don't do that. And you're all like, oh, yeah, you want me to do that, don't you? No, really, I don't. Mm, yeah, you really do, don't you? No, I don't. Oh, come on, don't play hard to get. Ah, <laughs> scream bloody murder. Call the cops. Bye. Clink, clink, clink. You're putting on the bracelets and you're going to Gornett County Jail or Fulton County Jail or Broward County Jail if you happen to be in South Florida or Cook County Jail if you happen to be in my hometown, Chicago. And it's game over. Because how are you going to prove that this is all consensual? I thought it was just foreplay. Uh Uh-huh. No, 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 no. you get got to prove that you didn't touch her where she didn't want to be touched. And you don't, I mean, it's not like you're wearing a GoPro during the whole thing, right? It's not like there's a camera available recording the whole thing in your favor. Nope. Men, we're under assault. We're under attack. Can't tell a woman she's pretty. You can't slap on the fanny. You can't oh what's that? That's a little you got a little something right there. Let me brush that off. Mm mm You can't even say things like Oh that must be jelly 'cause jam don't shake like that. Oh no Oh no <laughs> Don't do that. Don't say that. Mm. Look at her. Look at those stems on her. No, nope, don't say that. Just say hello. That's it. Don't say anything else. And then say goodbye. And then don't say anything else. I'll tell you what. If men had to operate under the rules now, I mean back then, back when, my, when I was a kid or back when my father was courting my mother, I probably would never have been born. If the situation were similar, a lot of men would either be in prison or a lot of us now wouldn't be born. Things are out of hand, completely out of hand. And, you know, the sad part of this whole thing is that women have bought into it. And how many women out there who have bought into this NOW movement, National Organization for Women, the feminist movement, all of that, and who regret it now? Because now they decide, okay, I want to have a couple of kids. I want to stay home. I want to raise my children even that now is being looked upon as being traitorous to feminists everywhere. What do you mean you want to stay at home and raise children? No, you can't stay at home and raise your children. You can't do this. You can't do that. Because that's 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 everything we're fighting against. I got a feeling that a lot of these feminist women are gay. I mean, they're, 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 they're gay. They, and they hate men. Think of all the women out there who simply hate men. There are a lot of women out there who don't like us simply because we exist. And if they could do without us, they would. And I'm not saying all women are like that, but a lot of women are out there. They're like, I don't need a man. I can can do bad all by myself. I don't need a man to make me complete. I don't need a man. I mean, it's nice to have one, but I don't... We're, we're made to live our lives in pairs. Everybody knows that. It's just DNA. We're supposed to be that way. But there are people out there who will, who will swear to God Almighty that one don't need the other. Now, I've never met a man who says, who would never say he don't need a woman. But I know plenty of women who will tell me straight up, I don't need a man. <sighs> we're, we're under assault. It's plain and simple. We're under assault. It's war. It is all-out war. And we're losing. And that's it for tonight. I want to thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. And yet, once I am done with this show, I got some craziness I got to deal with in my own house. Little girl crying. Upset. She's sitting right over here. Say hello, Elizabeth. Well, she's asleep. I guess that's what she thinks of my show. Elizabeth is my granddaughter And she's been yelled at by her mama For not sweeping the floor Well Her mama left And Elizabeth's here with me And she's asleep On the couch over there In the computer room And I guess she'll be going home a little bit later But For now She's in here with me Asleep Asleep Doing my show Well I guess Maybe it's just that boring Well folks I'm going to get the baby up And get her home And uh Yeah That'll be that Thank you all for listening And I know there are plenty of things you could be doing And you are taking time to listen to my show And I do appreciate it And going to go now and I want to play a speech by Frederick Douglass I know it's gonna the show's gonna be over before it ends but I'm gonna play it anyway and it's titled what a black man wants and it was narrated by one of my favorite actors Michael Wright take a listen good night folks God bless you and God bless the United States of America
3: I ask my friends who are apologizing for not insisting upon this right Where can the black man look in this country for the assertion of his right, if he may not look to the Massachusetts anti-slavery society? Where, under the whole heavens, can he look for sympathy in asserting this right, if he may not look to this platform? Have you lifted us up to a certain height to see that we are men, and then are any disposed to leave us there without seeing that we are put in possession of all our rights we look naturally to this platform for the assertion of all our rights and for this one especially I understand the anti-slavery societies of this country to be based on two principles first the freedom of the blacks of this country and second the elevation of me. Let me not be misunderstood here. I am not asking for sympathy at the hands of abolitionists, sympathy at the hands of any. I think the American people are disposed often to be generous rather than just. I look over this country at the present time and I see educational societies, sanitary commissions, freedmen's associations and the like all very good but in regard to people of color in this land there has always been more that is benevolent I perceive than just manifested toward us what I ask for the black man is not benevolence not pity not sympathy but simply justice The American people have always been anxious to know what they shall do with us. Everybody has asked the question and learned to ask it early of the abolitionists. What
2: shall we do with the black man?
3: I have had but one answer from the beginning.
2: Do nothing with us.
3: Your doing with us has already played the mischief with us with us. If the apple will not remain on the tree of their own strength, if they are worm-eaten at the core, if they are early ripe and disposed to fall, then let them fall. I'm not for tying or fastening them on the tree in any way except by nature's plan, and if they will not stay there, then let them fall. If the black man cannot stand on his own legs, Then let him fall
2: also All I ask is Give him a chance to stand on his own legs Let him alone
3: If you see him on his way to school Let him alone Don't disturb him if you see him going to the dinner table at a hotel, then let him go. If you see him going to the ballot box, then let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going into a workshop,
4: just let him alone. Your interference is killing him.
3: If the black man cannot live by the line of eternal justice, the fault will not be yours. It will be his who made the black man and established that line for his government. Let him live or die by that. If you will only untie his hands and give him a chance. He will work as readily for himself as the white man. Now a great many delusions have been swept away by this war. One was that the black man would not work. He has proved his ability to work. Another was that the black man would not fight. That he possessed only the most cheapest attributes of humanity. Was a perfect lamb or an Uncle Tom. Disposed to take off his coat whenever required, hold his hands, and be whipped by anybody who wanted to whip him. But this war, this war has proved that there is a great deal of human
4: nature in that black man. And that, yes, he will fight.